Hello and welcome to the first episode of Welcome to My World, the first podcast from EU TV. My name is Jack Ramage. Hello, hi, how are you? Hope you're doing well. And this is a podcast where I sit down with a friend of mine, or to be honest, anybody I can convince come on a podcast with me, and we talk a little bit about their favourite piece of media, whether that's a movie, a TV show, a game, a book, an album, whatever it is. To be honest, it doesn't even have to be media related. It could be an apple. I really hope it doesn't come to that though. And we just have a little chat about why it's their favourite piece of media ever. And then I go away and then try this out for myself, watch it, listen to it, consume it. And then we come back, talk a little bit about what my thoughts were, and then just our overall thoughts of that thing. Now this first episode you're going to listen to, I sat down with my friend Nate and we spoke a little bit about comics in general and then specifically the comic series Saga. So I hope you enjoy. So comics have been a thing that I have been into since I was like a little teenager sort of 13, 14. And I, like I think a lot of comics fans, I was initially very hesitant to dip my, my foot in the water because, you know, it was not cool to be a comic book fan. But increasingly, no one really gives a shit. And also, we're adults. Come on, if you still care about being cool, that's a little bit sad. Um, and anyway, so since then, I've got really into comics and I love them and I really want to share them with other people because I think... There's lots of people who watch comic book films and obviously they've become almost the dominant genre in cinema and in, to some extent in TV these days. Uh, but I, th- and I, so a lot of people are sort of like, I want to read it, but I don't really know where to start. So I really just want to share my enthusiasm for the genre, uh, the medium um, with other people. You make a good point though. Like it is the dominant movie TV genre out there, but the translation to the actual print, I don't think many people actually end up doing it. No, it's And weird. it's probably because it's like, it's trepidatious. Like me, mm. myself, I've told you, I, I've only read one book and I've read issues here and there of different superiors and stuff, but it just seems daunting to actually fully immerse myself in the genre. Yeah, and I think, um, so one of the inspirations for this video was um, a YouTuber named Patrick Willem did a really fantastic video about how to get into comics where he made a lot of the same points. And I think one thing that he made me realize is that you don't need to be daunted by it. No one is actually saying that you have to read all that Marvel and DC have ever produced in their, like, God knows how long of making comics. You just You can just sort of jump in where you think you might be interested and work it out from there. You're, it's not like losing your virginity. Your first time doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. You can just find a comic and see if you enjoy it. And if you don't, then there's almost certainly going to be something out there that you do enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and immerse myself in the comic book uh, universe. Um, so I'm going to ask you for a recommendation of a book or a series or something just to get started in comic books? Um, what, what do you think would be the best sort of jumping off point? Well, I was thinking about this and I don't want to be the kind of person who just sort of recommends one thing only because, you know, 
there's there's a certain expectation that comes with recommendations and you may not like everything I recommend. So mm-hmm. um, one thing I would say is don't be afraid to make your own choices. Don't assume that you need some sort of like wise guru of comics um, to tell you what what is perfect and what you should never read in a million years. Um, I had a mate who started off buying a comic that I would consider a bit terrible. Um, (laughs) But like he enjoyed it enough that he got more into others and now he's reading really great stuff. Um, So yeah, I would say to some extent, trust yourself. And if you do have a local bookshop or a comic bookshop, near you then just go there if there's a particular character you like um or a genre you like pick up something that looks like it would fit into that um and then just kind of read it and then if you like it read on read more around what the writer's done um if you don't like it then see if there's something else out there that might suit you that being said um and i'm partially saying this because we've had a little discussion before and i know you have this already Something that pretty much all modern comic book fans universally agree is good and a great starting off point is Saga. You had uh, that on hand, really? <laughs> I Oh, I've got my little bookshelf set up just by my window. It's oh, very, wow. <laughs> very happy with it. Um, but yeah, it was, I think it's one of the first comics that I started buying because it's it doesn't come with all the expectations of like a hundred years of continuity and stuff. Um, and it's just genuinely a fantastic work. It's kind of like, I think the best way to describe it that I can currently think of is R rated Romeo and Juliet in the star Wars universe. Um, my God, that's a good pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, basically it's these two warring species uh, and then to one from each opposing side, they fall in love, they have a child, and then they spend the rest of the story sort of on the run from the forces that are basically trying to murder them. It's um, And it's all set in this sort of sci-fi, sort of fantasy world where you get spaceships and lasers, but you also get magic and swords, and it's fantastic. And it's all the sort of great childish stuff that I love about comics, because I don't want to... I don't want people to get into comics but only read the like adult depressing stuff because you know Mm -hmm. what? Sometimes a giant robot with a laser sword is just fucking cool (laughs) and I refuse to apologise for that. Um, It sounds like a great blend of the childish stuff and the adult stuff. 100%. It gets really thematically deep and I've just um, started reading the volumes I have again and like there are, there's a couple of bits where I've just come across it and been like, I did not notice that sort of thematic nuance there before. But it does also have just some great shock value. Uh, some of the early panels are disturbing, to say the least. But it's a really <laughs> fantastic book. Um, it's really fun. And I think it's something that every, I think every, I've given, everyone I've given it to has really enjoyed. And yeah, it's very much apart from DC and Marvel. So this is produced by a company named Image Comics, which is where comic book writers run when they want to a retain the rights over their own characters and b want to make their own stuff so that's always a good source of comics so and if you were recommending like where people can get the comics is there any place that you would suggest for them to get 
honestly, I I think there's a lot of worry, but that's another thing that you mentioned you were a bit worried because obviously they're seen as quite expensive and they can be. Uh, but there's actually a lot of options now. You can get them online via Comixology, where they do, they often do sort of deals, so you can get comics quite cheaply. Um, you can go to bookshops or comic bookshops. They're not as intimidating as they used to be. It's not like The Simpsons, where they sort of <laughs> judge everything you say. They They're are actually, actually some of the nicest places I've been. Yeah. Like, genuinely, everybody wants who's in there working wants to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, even think- if you're buying, like, a Funko Pop, they'll try sell you a comic. Like... That's that's one of the other things that I have so much love for the comic book fans for because like I think so many of us have spent so long being mildly ashamed of it and like not being able to talk about it that whenever someone shows a mild interest we're just really excited <laughs> um, and so we are always happy to sort of give whatever advice we can um, mm-hmm. and just generally share the enthusiasm of people who are getting into comics. Um, so yeah, Comicsology is one. Uh, bookshops or comic book shops are always good. Uh, if you don't have that much money, I've just recommend, recommended to Jack a site named Abe Books. Uh, so that's A-B-E Books. And that basically does a bunch of secondhand books, including comics. So where a volume of a comic, which a volume is, say, five or six issues of a comic book collected into one um, sort of trade issue you can get those where they normally be sort of 10 maybe 11 pounds you can get them for five or six pounds second hand on there so that's where i've recently been spending a lot of my money because i am poor um (laughs) i think if lots of options and flexibility if you want i like just to read the story i think digitally is perfectly fine but I mean, there are some comics that the art is just so stunning that to actually have a physical copy, if it costs you, what, four or five pounds, it's just as good as buying a poster or buying like an art book for something. So it's just beautiful work. And I think you also, considering that you sort of would pay the same amount for a film nowadays, like it's sort of 10 pounds for a new DVD, if not more. And it's, I think it's a similar level of work that goes into this the artist has to sort of paint or draw, say, I don't know, 100, 200 panels individually. The yeah. letter is doing his work, the colourer is doing their work. And meanwhile, the writer is writing this and probably about five other comics to make a living. Um, mm-hmm. You really are, you start off thinking you're not getting your money's worth, but the more you read it, and then the more you reread it, the more you'll notice things. And it is sometimes just nice to have a sort of copy that you can actually hold. But yeah, you can. there's a number of ways that you can do it, and it's much more flexible than you might think. Awesome. Right, so now is the point where we're going to break. I'm going to go away for, let's say, a week um, and read the first volume of Saga, and we're going to come back and then talk a little bit more about that comic and comics in general. Okay, we're back. Uh, <laughs> I've read Saga. Um, wasn't sure I was going to get through it because I read one chapter um, like two nights ago and then I read the rest of the, the novel in a night. It's addicting. <laughs> I honestly was like, no, there's, I thought I was going to start this. I was going to, you know, talk to someone about what they like and then never touch it again. I'm buying the second. I need to know what happens. 
It's so good. <laughs> Specifically, the characters are just fucking amazing. Like, I didn't expect... Um, I mean, typically, I'm thinking comics. I'm like, everything's like action and there's like no realness to it. But this book is deep. Like, and it's just so like human, even though none of them are human. Everybody's just like normal. Like, it's not this like hyper, uh, I'm going to go save the day sort of thing. It's like, yeah, fuck you, uh, you vegetarian Everyone's scum. <laughs> like, incredibly fucked up in the book. It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, um, I, oh God, the characters' names don't stick for me. That's the only thing. I just no, don't... they are a bit weird. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, Horn Boy and Wing Girl. Marco, Marco <laughs> and Alana, I think. Alana, yeah. Fantastic. The pair of them. Instantly loved them. Um, so, yeah, the book follows Alana and Marco, these two people here. Basically, they've just had a kid. And they're on the run from both sides of the war. They basically ran away from their site that they're supposed to be on to just yeah. do whatever so, the fuck they want. Yeah, so basically um, the sort of universe it's set in is all in space and there's a big planet called Landfall and a little moon called Reef. And Landfall is full of winged people with like really cool tech and laser guns and shit. And Reef is full of people with horns who also use magic because why the fuck not um and for reasons that i don't think are ever really explained the two have been at war i love since that forever they hate each other with a burning passion and so uh when these two from opposing sides hook up not many people are happy yeah it's sort of like that typical romeo and juliet i suppose mm -hmm. then but modern and yeah. set in space. <laughs> as I say, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty happy with my description of it as a lot of sort of R-rated Romeo and Juliet in the Star yeah. Wars universe. It's fantastic. It I, but it's sci-fi and fantasy, mm. which is just brilliant. It merges both of them so well. There's a guy with, or a whole race of people with TVs for heads. Like King Robot, <laughs> King Robot the Fourth. Oh no, sorry. I think oh, this no, one. Sorry, Prince. He's a prince, He's a prince. yeah. Oh, um, wait, you meet King Robot. He's... Oh. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite bits in this book is um, he goes to interview. He's trying to track down um, Alana, the girl with the wings. Um, and the only clue he has to go on is that she was a prison guard and she used to read, like, shitty um, romance novels. Uh, and... <laughs> He finds one that she gave, uh, like, a fellow employee. And you see him throughout the... Basically, the lead gets him nowhere. But you see him throughout the book just reading bits of it. And then at the end of this, it's hinted, like, he finishes the book and he sees the author and the planet that the author lives on. And it flashes up on his TV screen, <laughs> the planet, like he's going to go find him. Oh, that I just he loved has, it. <laughs> he has so many like Freudian slips where shit he's thinking appears on his TV screen and just makes it super awkward for everyone. There's a bit where like this demon face comes on mm -hmm. his screen. It's actually quite scary. Oh, he's got um, major PTSD, but he's kind of, I think the robots, I always think of them as sort of very British sort of royal kind of types. Yeah. And so he's just got major PTSD, but also is way too repressed to deal with it. 
He's fantastic. I mean, every character's fantastic. Um, so you have the main two, the robots, and then you also have the uh, freelancers. The Will. Uh, the Will is so good. Um, the Will was my favourite character when I first read it. He's just a bold badass, and he wears a cape because he can get away with it. I love that um, also, he's addressed at one bit. They go, um, sorry, mister, and he goes, it's the... <laughs> Also, he all the freelancers have like wonderfully insane like pet sidekicks, and his is Lion Cat, and Lion Cat can just it only says one word, and it just detects when you're lying and says lying, and again, it just makes for some wonderfully awkward moments. You dropped in though, like see when he meets up with like this monarch of some the moon. Um, oh yeah, you just dropped into that. Hmm. He's so compelling that you're like, I don't care. Like, tell me more about the political intrigue and stuff. It's so fun. Um, also, can we talk about the stork? Who yes, is not that's... Really fun, but is iconic. <laughs> okay, that's the first sort of thing that I came across. That I was like, um, <laughs> didn't expect this. The, the book is um, not PG. <laughs> which I didn't think a comic could be, which was quite um, fun to, to learn if I was to describe a female torso with a, like, giant spider bottom half and, and no arms. All of her limbs to carry various deadly weapons. <laughs> because so why good. not? There's a splash... Is it a splash page? Is that what they call... Yeah. I'm learning. Um... <laughs> where she just turns up basically with nothing in her hands and suddenly there's like 20 arms all with weapons pointed at her. <laughs> that interaction actually um, between her and Alana is so real. Mm. Like normally in a, in a show or a movie or something, if someone has the upper hand, it would turn into a fight. <laughs> I mean, spoilers for the first bit of the book, but... She points, Alana points her gun at her baby. Uh, what's what's her name? The freelancer girl that we we're just talking about. The stalk. The stalk. Thank you. She wants the baby. She wants the mom and the dad dead, but she wants to keep the baby alive. So the mom just turns the gun on the baby, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna shoot her. She's better off dead than with you." And she suddenly, hits, she goes, "Whoa, don't be a bitch." <laughs> Oh, so, so good I'm so excited for you to meet so many more characters there's a character called the brand who's um, who knows the will really well and she's okay. got kind of this, this kind of David Bowie androgynous thing going on and it is oh, so cool she has a dog called sweet dog sweet dog <laughs> did, uh, did the will date her as well by any chance I'm not telling you. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of this as well. Is um the will relationship with the stock. It's that it's like um to name a really shitty movie to compare it to, like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Sort of like dynamic. Um, just like a back and forth between them that's perfect. It's so sarcastic, and they don't want each other's help, but they sort of need each other's help. It's amazing. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, and is it, if this is sort of common in 
more comics is the attention to detail in this is insane. Like the speech bubbles, like they are different fonts for different characters. Yeah. So the lettering is there's it's an actual job in comics. Okay. You can be a letterer. And everyone kind of assumes, and for a long time I assumed that it just you just type shit in and occasionally change the font. But it turns out it's actually really useful for making it's kind of it's a very subconscious thing the way you read. And so mm. them changing the font can make you realize that another character is speaking, even if they're not even on the panel. Yeah. And yeah. so it becomes weirdly crucial, especially like the more in depth you get. But to answer your question, no, not every comic is like that. <laughs> um, I think, Fiona's there you get some artists who are kind of really good at just putting out a lot of good work, and I don't want to like dismiss it. There's a whole range of like just wonderful different styles of art. And one thing you when you you realize you become a total nerd when you start like following the artist rather than the writer. Mm -hmm. um, but no, she's very much one of uh, a group who they tend to take a bit longer with their work because they have to, because it's so detailed. Um, and so one of the sad things about Saga, but it's good for new fans, is that there are many long breaks. Uh, so you can oh, catch okay. up. And at the moment, they, they're halfway through the run. Uh, Brian K. Vaughan's got it all planned out. Um, and they're halfway yeah. through and they've taken a break of what has become a couple of years, which is kind of frustrating for some of us, but it, it also means like you can catch up quite easily. Okay. So, but it's not going to turn into one of these Game of Thrones things where everybody's waiting on the final boot. And... <laughs> Brian K. Vaughan has had a much better history of actually finishing things. Um, but And it seems like all the creators really enjoy it, so I... I'm fairly confident it will happen. Am I getting this wrong, or is he the writer of Lost? He is, yes. That was okay. actually something I was thinking about talking about, because I, as I say, I sort of binge-read all of what's out so far. Hmm. And then I looked up interviews, because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, and I needed to know more. <laughs> um, and one interesting thing is that Brian K. Vaughan, he started off in comics with stuff like Why the Last Man um, and Ex oh. Machina. And then he kind of transitioned for a bit into TV. So he was one of the writers on Lost and he did a few films. Uh, and what's interesting is that he came back to comic books and Saga is, he wrote it as something that he could only write in a comic book form. Mm -hmm. So um, it sort of combines the serialized storytelling of television with the sort of big budget scale of film, mm. which you can't get both of in either medium yeah actually see, see if this was adapted i'd want it to be adapted to an animation probably yeah and it also kind of because... explains why it's r-rated because you couldn't really yeah actually never mind this expensive <laughs> pitching this to disney <laughs> no I, mean, I don't the opening pages are yeah they're, <laughs> they're not what you're expecting it's not what I honestly thought I was going to sit down and this was just going to be one of those like really good Star Wars y type tales. It's not why there's expect. nothing wrong with I want no, to point out. No, I love Star Wars. Um, but this is just, it's so refreshing. Mm. Like, it's why I wanted to read more. 
Um, yeah. Like, I have books that are sitting there that I'm halfway through and whatever, that I just haven't had the motivation to read. The little notes from the daughter intrigue me too much. I'm like, who is she? What's going on? Why does she know this? Um, essentially, there's um little, like, I don't know what you call it, like, just scribbled notes on the page um, that are from the future from... Uh, Marco and Alana's daughter who you sort of who's born in the first pages um, but she's telling it in such a way that it creates a mystery around it because she says at one point you know I'm lucky I get to grow old not everybody does and you're like oh, no there's a callback to that and it is a bastard oh no but, uh, <laughs> oh no you know it's it's kind of interesting because so Brian K. Vaughan, I think he also wrote it as because he's just had kids and he sort of wrote it as an Aww. exploration of the fears of being a new parent. And it's interesting, mm. especially in the early stages, because hey, I think her name's Hazel, the daughter. Yeah. It's very much like she's the the central point of the story that everything else spins around. But mm. she also, because she's a baby, she has so little agency in the early in, um, bits, which is, it's a very sort of sprawling style i think mm. apart from uh the, the the ghost girl she helps with a ghost girl <laughs> i love isabella oh isabella's great okay that that maybe okay i thought she was dead and i'm glad that she maybe isn't or is she oh no i don't know i mean she's a ghost she's dead i've just realized i've said she's dead but she's already dead <laughs> she's a hundred percent dead she appears and she doesn't have any legs and her ears are falling out. She's very dead. The premise for that is they're in a forest. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the terrors are going to get you. Like, uh, don't walk around at night, uh, get inside. And all these eyes turn on them. You're like, oh, no, they're going to die. And it turns out to be these children. They're all missing limbs and shit. And they're like, uh, do we kill you? Do we not? She's like, no, let's be friends. She's uh, fantastic. Wait, I'm so very excited for you to meet Goose. 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 The cat? No. He's like, he's a little seal who's adorable, oh! but also maybe a badass. I don't know. It's incredible. Do you think this first volume is tame into comparison to what they have as like an entry point or do you think it just is as graphic as this the entire time it's pretty it's pretty graphic the i think maybe the first bit has a couple of panels that are intentionally designed to be like <laughs> oh shit this isn't your grandpappy's comic um here's i didn't even bring up the worst bit <laughs> the will goes to this planet it's I think just a sex planet called sextillion <laughs> sextillion and the guys who like manages the place is like oh we've got something special for you it's a sex slave and it's a six-year-old girl and it's extremely uncomfortable but the next panel he just takes the guy's head and squishes it yeah I turned the page and went, I saw that first. Like, I still had a bit to read. 
I saw what happened and was like, what the fuck? And you're missing out on the fact that there's a large splash panel of just a, a big old orgy. Is there? <laughs> Did I miss this? <laughs> yeah, when he's on Sextillion, he's just walking down the stairs and everyone around him is just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What, um, what book? It's, so, if you were to recommend, say, three books for people to get into comics, I mean, I would recommend Saga. I don't know. There's not much coming from me. I've read Watchmen and this. Um, but if you were to name a few other books for people to check out. Oh, um, so yeah, I would absolutely concur that Saga is a great place to begin. Um, but really, it all depends on what you like. Um, so there's, if you like superhero stuff, then there's some great superhero comics to get into. Um, it, it, yeah, it, but there's also lots of um, political intriguey ones. I'm trying to think if, what are some of the most I think okay so one thing I would say is pretty much everyone loves Batman he's probably sort of the most profitable uh, comic book character in the world um, and Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, during the new 52 had a fantastic 50 issue run that everyone agreed was great even people who don't really like Batman that much so mm. if you're if you are interested in Batman, I'd recommend that as a gr- good place to start with DC. Um, I mean, there's where I started, which is... I started <laughs> off with Hawkeye, which is great fun. Um, oh, that was your first book? Yeah. Just what gravitated you towards the Hawkeye book? I think... <laughs> so I had a mate who was into comics, and he kind uh-huh. of liked Hawkeye. And so I kind of like had an affection for the character in the film, even though he's barely in the original Avengers for that much. Um, and then I kept on hearing good things about the Hawkeye comic. And I was like, you know what? It sounds like a laugh. And it's a really damn good comic. But equally, it's sometimes it's like its story is not very linear. So it might not be the easiest to jump into. Uh, you okay. might be good to like read a few comics beforehand and then get used to how they're told um oh one if you're if people like the x-men which i mean i don't know if you do but you're not entirely down for like the whole super heroics uh grant morrison wrote and frank quietly did a run called new x-men which is made back in the early noughties and it was basically written to uh pop uh make use of the X-Men films coming out at the same time. So they sort of, they don't have all the bright yellow spandex that are all in leather and it's a lot cooler. Uh, and then also they, there'd been this whole issue where the X-Men had been like narratively stagnant for about 20 or 30 years. And so Grant Morrison's whole thing was just like, nah, fuck it, we're tearing it up. Uh, so that's a really good place to jump on. It has enough Wolverine that you get to really like him, but not so much that you're just like, oh my God, please leave. Uh, It makes Cyclops an interesting character, which no one expected. And it also makes, uh, so they, it sort of reforms this villain, Emma Frost, and she just becomes one of the greatest, bitchiest comic book characters of all time. She's iconic. (laughs) 
I mean, I think superhero comics is probably where I I turn my nose, not turn my nose up. That makes me sound like I hate it. Um, it's where I probably be like, oh, that's too much for me because it's like you have to know about five hundred million characters and whatever. But I think you were saying before, like you can look stuff up, which I think the internet's an amazing tool. Yeah. Um, um, like if you really want to get into comics, just pick one up. Yeah, pretty and much. And then look stuff up if you don't understand it or whatever. Alternatively, if you if sort of superheroes aren't your thing, and say you like noir, um, which mm. I also love, I'm a big fan. Uh, a really great comic there is called A Hundred Bullets. I think it's by Brian Azzarello. I can't remember the artist. And the basic premise of that is that sort of a suit kind of G-man looking guy uh, comes up to you with a briefcase and with a, and it has a gun in it and a hundred untraceable bullets. And he's just, and he offers you the chance to get vengeance on someone who has wronged you. And that's the basic premise. And that's a great premise to start off with. But that's then amazing. <laughs> it, then it sprawls off into this like wonderful, grandiose crime epic where there's like conspiracies and backstabbing. And it's just, it's one of my favorite comics. It's probably not for everyone, but if you do like noir, I'd highly recommend checking that one out. I'm not like a massive fan of noir, but you sold me on the premise of that. That sounds so cool. Oh, you. Uh, one thing I have to admit is that comics have almost better premises than anything else because they're not really constrained by normal sensibilities. So they can just be like, we're going to take cool, two cool things and put them together and you're going to damn well like it. I think we need to say... So you're planning to move on to Saga 2, am I right? Yes, yes, right. I am. Should I'm going to stick with it. Do you think I'll start to read more, though? Like, I, I have Comixology, and I have a few that, you know, a few stories that I bought because they were cheap. I got an email, and it was like, oh, this is £2. I like Deadpool, <laughs> and then bought it. And I feel like just reading this has actually really sold me on the, on the medium. Because I, oh. I did read Watchmen, but That's that was like... I'm thinking about the world and the political nature of everything. And it was just making me question everything. Like it wasn't so much about the the book itself. Yeah. But this think, is like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> the thing with Watchmen is I think it's one of the it's probably the only comic that's been accepted as sort of so-called high art. It's the it's mm. like on the hundred greatest novels of all time and that stuff. And so people oh, quite naturally gravitate towards it first uh -huh. but i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing no well it's a good thing because you you might enjoy it and that's great but it's kind of like watching citizen kane as your first film <laughs> it's just as likely for you to be like bored shitless and be like i've no idea what's going on whereas if mm -hmm. you've watched like a number of films before citizen kane and you sort of have some background knowledge you can be like oh shit they're inventing new techniques that were then sort of utilized later and you can appreciate some of the craft a bit more. So yeah, I don't just go to for Watchmen because you think it's sort of the only respectable comic. Although, just, do you go for Watchmen if you're going to watch the TV series? Because that whole thing together is, oh, beautiful. <laughs> that show's so good. That's why I read the book. 
I mean, it's. I'm very happy that people enjoyed it. I still thought the final few episodes were a bit of a letdown, but like, oh. <laughs> in general, it's a damn good show, and somehow stayed true to the heart of the original. Hmm. Do you want to see? I have questions for you. Do you want to see Saga adapted? Or no? I think, I, I think I'm gonna speak out and stick with the writer's answer which is like, he doesn't really want to see it be adapted because, and if he did, he'd want someone else to adapt it because he's told the story as he wants to tell it in comics mm. and it's already kind of fucking great. Yeah. Like, I think, I, just, I, I think animated would be the only way to do it, but even then I'm just like, it was specifically told because it was a story that you could only tell in comics. And so I'm just like, why fuck with a good thing? Why fuck with a good thing? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>